Well, how many glad to be out here on a Wednesday night? Midweek, hump day, right? I believe God wants to propel us into the weekend and prepare us for what's ahead. I only got one, well, I'm not going to, you know how I am. I, I got more than one scripture, okay? It's just where we're going to jump off tonight. Luke, Luke 24, verse 49. I've had this on my heart all day you know the question I get from time to time I get a lot, of, a lot of questions about theology and this sort of thing from people and people are very inquisitive a uh, question I get is how does a person receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit and you say well I'm already filled with the Spirit I already know I'm, how to receive a baptism in the Holy Spirit but I'm getting a lot of questions from people in our congregation that are seeking the baptism of the Holy Ghost. As a matter of fact, there's people in this room that have not yet received this free gift. It's free, but it wasn't cheap. And then you may already be filled with the Spirit, be baptized in the Holy Ghost, but what if you're asked by somebody, could you give them instruction about how to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost? So this is going to serve two purposes tonight. And there are, you know, I begin to think about this. There's about as many instructions as there are people asking questions. And it's, you want to get away from formulas, okay? Because God's not going to fit into a, a human-made formula, although he created all formulas. But I believe if we go to the scriptures, we can extract six obedience steps that are very critical if you're seeking the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Six obedience steps. So that's what I'm going to talk about tonight is these steps from the scriptures that I believe will back up what we want to do tonight. And that's for someone who's not yet baptized in the Holy Spirit to receive this gift. And then for you to be able to instruct somebody and help them when you're praying with people in the altar. If we accomplish those two things, I think we'll do what God has on our plate for us to accomplish. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we pray for a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you let the eyes of our understanding be enlightened that we'd know what is the hope of your calling and what is the exceeding greatness of your power to usward who believe according to your mighty power which you wrought in christ when you raised him from the dead you set him at your own right hand far above all principality power might and dominion every name that is named not only in this world but in the one which is to come. We thank you that you're the head of the church. You have all power and authority and you want to break off chains tonight. Mental chains, philosophical chains, ideo ideological chains, whatever the chains may be internally inside of us, you call for us to be free. And in whom the Son has set free is free indeed said if we continue in your word then we're truly your disciples indeed we'll know the truth and the truth will set us free in Jesus name amen one passage of scripture Luke 24 verse 49 Luke is a physician he also wrote the book of Acts in Luke 24 verse 49 I see some of you are still standing I'll quote this one uh, scripture to you and you can be seated seated Behold, I send the promise of the Father upon you. Go and tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. The word endued is a poor King James English translation of the Greek, the Koine Greek. Literally means to put on like you would put a garment on. So let's repeat this. Behold, I send the promise of the Father upon you. Go and tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be clothed with power from on high. How many of you know God wants to put something on us tonight? you got to be willing to put it on. How many of you know when you go to your clothes closet, nobody's putting your clothes on for you. You have to do it yourself. Now, when my kids were young, we would lay their clothes out put their shoes and get matching socks and you know the pants and the shirt and then the hat and whatever the case may be but how many of you know once we get older and they became teenagers 
we told them right off the bat because they got in a habit. You go dress yourself and you go pick your clothes out. How many know what I'm talking about? So God wants to clothe us with power tonight. You can be seated. Father, I pray that your word would go forth and accomplish that which you please and prosper in the thing whereunto you've sent it. Now, the baptism of the Holy Ghost does not have to be confusing. If you examine the Bible, there's many passages that deal with being baptized in the Holy Ghost. As a matter of fact, it starts in the Old Testament. Isaiah 28, verse 10, 11, and 12, it says, line upon line, line upon line, precept upon precept, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. He said, with stammering lips and an unknown tongue, will I speak to this people, for there's times of refreshing that's available for the weary. How many of you are thankful that when you're weary, God wants to refresh you? God wants to restore you. He wants to lift you up. He wants to power you up. He wants to prime you up. He wants to supply what it is that you need for the journey. He wants to supply what you need to be able to overcome the world, the flesh, and the devil. And everything in the kingdom of God is free, but it's not cheap. How many of you know Jesus paid a high price to bring us salvation and also to bring us these gifts? As a matter of fact, if you go to Mark chapter 16, verse 15, very uh, frequently quoted passage. And uh, this is a, uh, I love this passage. It says uh, this, it says, these signs will follow those that believe. What kind of signs? He said, in my name, which means in the nature of Jesus. You can't do these things unless the nature of Jesus is on the inside of you. Amen. Name and nature go hand in hand. As a matter of fact, the book of Psalms says, they that know my name will put their trust in me. All through the Old Testament, if you know the Old Testament names, you know something about the nature of God. God wants to reveal himself to us. You don't decide who God is. You discover who he is. And you should never follow signs, but signs should follow you. That's why you can get what you need in this altar tonight. Even though it's a Wednesday night and there's not a big crowd here, you can get what you need. You don't need to follow the crowd, but follow the cloud, please. And you can receive every benefit and every blessing that's yours. How many of you know the Bible said in James chapter 1, verse 17, every good gift, every perfect gift is from above. It comes down from the Father of lights. There's no variableness. There's no shadow of turning. In other words, God's not going to change his mind. As a matter of fact, Joel chapter 2, verse 28 says this. It says that in the last days, God says, I'm going to pour my spirit out upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters are going to prophesy. Old men are going to dream dreams. Young men are going to see visions upon my servants, upon my handmaidens. I'll pour out in those days of my spirit and they will prophesy. If you really read the translation there, it literally means not just that you're going to prophesy, but you're going to hit the streets and rave as a man. Man, That's what that actually means. And that's what we need to do. God wants to fill us with his spirit and not so we can follow signs, but so signs can follow us. That's what Mark 16 verse 15, these signs shall follow them that believe in my name, they will cast out devils. Everybody in here, you are ordained, you are sent by God, amen, to cast out devils, raise the dead, heal the sick, preach and teach the gospel all over the known world. The next thing it says is you will speak with new tongues. You will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And if you drink any deadly thing, it won't hurt you. You'll take up serpents. How many of you know that kind of power is available? So when he told them to go to Jerusalem and tarry, he didn't say when you get there, tarry until you get tongues. He said, go tarry until you get power. Many of us has watered down the baptism in the Holy Ghost with just speaking in tongues. Now tongues is the initial evidence that you've received the power. Aren't you glad God wants to confirm for us that we've really received power and the way he does it is with the evidence of speaking with other tongues as the spirit gives you the words to say. As a matter of fact, Acts chapter 2, they were all in one place. They were all in one mind and they were all in one accord and there was a suddenly there was a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind filled the whole house where they were sitting, cloven tons of fire set upon each of them and they were all, not some, all that had remained were filled with the Holy Ghost and they went everywhere preaching the gospel and with great power the Bible 
Bible said the apostles were witnesses of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. There were two audible signs and one visible sign. The two audible signs, there was a rushing mighty wind that filled the whole house. Last Friday, there was a rushing mighty wind that filled Chattanooga and knocked over a bunch of stuff. So there was a rushing mighty wind and then on top of that, people were speaking in other tongues, not the language that they were born speaking, but speaking with other tongues. So there was two audible signs and one visible sign as well. The visible sign was cloven tongues of fire set upon them. Amen. Aren't you glad God wants to give us signs that we've received the power? Aren't you ready for power tonight? You need power. You need power to overcome the world. You need power to overcome your own flesh. You need power to overcome the devil. And God wants to supply that to the church. This is not a weak anemic, barely get along, barely get by, band-aid, bailing wire church. This is not the church of the frozen chosen. This is a church where the fire from heaven falls down and it'll thrill you, it'll fill you, and it'll seal you. That's what kind of power is available. As a matter of fact, the same group of believers, Peter and John went into the temple and they raised a man up that had been lame from his mother's womb for about 40 years. He went walking, leaping into the temple. They threatened them, but you know what? They didn't bow, they didn't bend, and they wasn't about to burn. <laughs> you know what they did? They called for a prayer meeting. What do you do when you get persecuted? What do you do when you go through things? Call for a prayer meeting like the early church did. And I love this. They prayed Acts chapter 4, verse 29. They prayed this way. Now, Lord, behold their threatenings. Grant to thy servant that with all boldness we may speak thy word. Stretch forth your hand to heal that signs, wonders, and miracles be done in the name of thy holy child Jesus. And after they had prayed, the place where they were assembled was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they began to speak the word of God with boldness. And the Bible said, and with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. I didn't stop there. I went over into Acts chapter 8. Philip went in there and a Brownsville revival broke out in Acts chapter 8. People were healed. Demons were cast out. I mean, it was get on down to town, Freddie Brown. I mean, they were having church with a capital C and they were having Pentecost with a capital P. But then God called Philip into a desert to an Ethiopian eunuch. That man was converted and baptized and the reason the gospel is currently in Africa is because the Ethiopian eunuch went to the North African place, a country of Ethiopia and the continent of Africa. Theologians say today the reason the gospel is in Africa because one man under the leadership and the guidance of the Holy Ghost went and was a witness to an Ethiopian eunuch. But I'm telling you in Acts chapter 8, the the headquarter church. Peter and James came from the headquarter church and they laid hands on people and people were filled with the Holy Ghost. Acts chapter 9, Paul got knocked off his high horse. Amen. He was going to persecute some Christians and Jesus appeared to him, knocked him off his high horse, left him in the dirt. He was blind. And then the Bible said that Ananias, God spoke to him and said, go lay hands on Paul. Now he's had a name change. He was Saul of Tarsus. Now he's got a name change because he's got a nature change now and a nice it's going to be all right so he goes over there lays hands on him he receives his sight and the bible said he was baptized in the holy ghost it doesn't say he spoke in tongues right there but we know from first corinthians chapter 14 in verse 28 paul said i speak in tongues more than you all so we know the sign that he had been filled with the spirit is that he was speaking with other tongues as the spirit gave him the utterance then acts chapter 10 we find out Peter got a vision. He was sent to Cornelius' house and he stood up and preached to a group of Gentiles and everybody was saved in Cornelius' house. Not only were they saved, the Bible said while he was preaching they all got baptized in the Holy Ghost and the Bible said right after that he baptized them and they began to speak with other tongues and the Gentiles had now received a baptism just like those Jews did in Acts chapter 2. I didn't stop there. I go over in Acts chapter 19 same thing. Paul runs into a group of believers. There were 12 of them and they had said we had never heard that whether there be any Holy Ghost. Paul said have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe. The Bible said Paul laid his hands on those 12 and they were filled with the Spirit and spoke with other tongues and the Bible said they prophesied and then he baptized them in water. So all through the Bible
Bible, we have evidence that when you're filled with the Spirit, you will speak with other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. But how many of you know sometimes we minor on the majors and major on the minors? What we should put the emphasis on as far as the baptism of the Holy Ghost is, you should be a witness. If you're really full of the Holy Ghost, you won't back down, you won't bend to the persecution, you will speak the name of Jesus in any kind of situation, any kind of circumstance, any kind of context. It doesn't matter how the devil's posturing himself. The Bible said those that know their God, they will be strong and they will do great exploits. See, a lot of us, we need to learn to get out of the floor, get out the door and go win some more. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. So one of the purposes for you being filled with the Spirit is so you can be a witness and a testimony. And not only that, sometimes we emphasize the gifts of the Spirit, amen, and we don't emphasize the fruit of the Spirit. As a matter of fact, the whole reason Paul wrote the treatise in First and Second Corinthians on the baptism in the Holy Ghost and the gifts of the Spirit, there was a church, I mean, they were wowing one another, wooing one another, posturing with their spiritual gifts, trying to show out, and Paul had to bring a word of correction. He said, you folks are heavy on gifts, but you're light on fruit. I mean, you know, if you're filled with the Holy Ghost, the purpose of it is for you to bear fruit called love. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor like you love yourself. I mean, the quintessential thing in Christianity is love. And Paul had to pin 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and he said, though I might speak with tongues of men and of angels, if I don't have love, amen, he said, it profits me nothing. He said this, he went on to say, though I have the gift of prophecy, such that I understand all wisdom and all knowledge, and he said, though I prophesy, and though I do all these spiritual things and these spiritual calisthenics, if I don't have love, it is availing nothing. It is nothing. And then he goes on to say, though I give all my goods, not some of them, though I give all my good benevolent, though I give all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, in other words, though I present my body as a martyr, if I don't have love, it profits me nothing. Then he goes on to define what love is. Love is patient. Are you hearing me? Love is kind. Love keeps no record of wrongs. Love is not puffed up. Love does not behave itself in an uncharacteristic way unlike Christ. Love never fails, the Bible says. Love endures all things. Amen. Love will prevail. And then he goes on and it's a long litmus test. And then he goes on to say, though I once was a young man, he said, and I know in part and I prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect will come, we will know even as we're known. He said, when I was a child, I spake like a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Amen. And he was talking to a group of people that were, I had all the gifts operating. They had word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits. They had tongues. They had tongues and interpretation. They had the gift of prophecy. Amen. They had faith. They had the working of the miracles. He called those people child, children. Mm. Am I helping you? That's why Pastor Kevin says that we are to be the most loving church in the world. This shouldn't be a mystery. It, I mean, it, you wouldn't believe it, that, uh, that the feedback he got from that. I'm telling you right now, number one thing is the baptism of the Holy Ghost should produce a love. You should love people, amen, no matter what. And the Bible says, love those that despitefully use you and cast your name out as evil. As a matter of fact, my Bible said, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations, knowing that the trying of your faith works patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. He gives to all men liberally and will not withhold anything, but a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. It says to rejoice when you're being persecuted. Rejoice when you're being tested. Rejoice when you're being tried. I'm telling you, I went through some testing, trial, and tribulation, and it's hard to lift up a shout. It's hard to lift your hand. It's hard to clap your hand, but I'm telling you, he would never have said that if it wasn't possible. How is it possible? I'll tell you how. The Holy Ghost will give you power to overcome anything that you're facing. Somebody praise the Lord if you know it's true.
As a matter of fact, the Bible says we are to rejoice when we're persecuted. What? I've never yet, I'm waiting on somebody, and you might do it tonight. I've never had somebody come up here and say they're talking about me. Praise God, hallelujah. I've never had that happen yet. Waiting. 24 years of preaching. Revival's all over the place. I never had anybody say, Woo, glory to God, I'm being tempted. Woo! That's a hillbilly yell right there, in case you don't know it. <laughs> I've yet to have that happen. And I've never, ne never yet had anybody pray for the gift of martyrdom either. I'm waiting on that one. And I've not yet to have anybody pray for the gift of celibacy. It's shocking what you find in your Bible if we really read it, amen? The, there's 23 gifts, by the way, listed in your Bible. Don't have time to hit them all, but I could. I'm telling you right now, I could quote chapter and verse to you, but the whole baptism of the Holy Ghost is a baptism of power. It should produce a witness in you and should produce fruit called love. Galatians chapter five tells me that the works of the flesh are manifested, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulation, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, revelings, drunkenness, and such like, of which I told you before, as I told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God, but the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance, and against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in in the spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain things, ending one another, provoking one another. All that is talking about is love is quintessential to the Christian walk. Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. I said all that to say this. <laughs> Ooh, I'm different, ain't I? <laughs> gotta be. Somebody gotta be this way. Amen. Somebody gotta fit in this category. <laughs> I'm, I want you to OD on the gospel, okay? That's what I'm trying to do. I'm, I'm just a drug dealer tonight. I'm, de I'm dealing the pill called the gospel, and you can take it or lump it or receive it or not, amen? But it's good. I'll tell you that right now. I'm A-O-U-I. I'm living under the influence of it right now, amen? I'm a pill-popping Pentecostal. Somebody say amen. <laughs> I'm going to lose it here. <laughs> i keep it up. <laughs> Hallelujah. How do I receive this good gift? I'm glad you asked. God's grace. We don't like simple, do we? That's what it says, grace. Grace is real simple. We've made it harder than it needs to be. Being baptized in the Holy Spirit is a gift of grace. How many of you know the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 8 verse 9, God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you always having all sufficiency in all things will abound unto every good work. That's four alls in an every. Oh, I, I can't tell you how many mornings I've had a blue Monday, blue Tuesday, and all I have to do to flip over to that one passage, and boy, I'm telling you, once I read it, once I receive it, once I understand, I said, man, all grace is abounding toward me. Unmerited favor, it's being poured out on me. Well, grace, let me give you a simple definition. It's basically God's resources at Christ's expense. You can't earn this stuff. You receive it, see. But we humans, we want credit. So in order to get credit, I got to work and I got to show you my works. I think this is why this gets hard for people. What's in it for me? Get the personal agenda out of the way and you can receive this gift, amen? And so it's by grace. We've established that it's by grace. But how is grace appropriated? Everything in the Bible is by faith. Ooh, I hear the Holy Ghost give me all these faith scriptures. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7, we walk by faith and not by sight is one of your five senses. Amen. Well, if I see it, then I'll believe it. No, you won't. Faith has nothing to do with what you see, hear, feel, or touch, or taste. Nothing to do with your five senses. Amen. That's the flesh. That has to be crucified, by the way. Now, the Bible says, and, and to back that up, Hebrews 11, verse 1, now faith is what? The substance of what we're hoping for, the evidence of things not seen. Has nothing to do with your five senses, okay? And then the Bible says in Hebrews 11, verse 6, without faith, 
It's impossible to please God for he that comes to him must believe that he is and he is a rewarder of who? Those who diligently seek him. If you'll be a seeker, you'll get a seeker's reward tonight. Oh, that's his promise to you. And then not only that, the Bible said in Habakkuk 2 and verse 4, the just will live by faith. As a matter of fact, faith is so important that the Bible said in Hebrews 4 and verse 2, for unto them was the word preached as well as unto us, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Am I boring you with these faith scriptures? I'm helping myself. I ain't helping nobody else. I'm building myself up in my most holy faith. And I'll, I'll pray in the Holy Ghost here in a minute. Amen. <laughs> Romans 10 verse 17. So then faith cometh by and hearing by the word of God. Amen. I remember T.L. Lowry. One of the things about his preaching is you would come in one way with a level of faith. But after he preached, he wasn't that great of an orator. But I'm telling you, altar call, he'd knock you out like a two before. Amen. He's going to drive this stuff into you. Amen. If you wasn't willing to receive it. But one thing that you need to understand about his ministry. Son, every time I heard him preach, I went looking for devils. <laughs> I, mean, I read a step. I mean, I was stepping high. He caused faith to rise up in me because he told about the signs, wonders, and miracles. See, faith moves the hand of God. As a matter of fact, I'm going to make a statement. It might blow your mind. God's not moved by need. He's moved by faith. People need to be saved, and salvation's already provided for every human being on the planet. But faith is what activates the grace and appropriates the grace in your life. Am I helping anybody? The Bible, 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 13 says this, the gospel effectually worketh in who? Those that believe, well, this don't work with me. This is just Jesus thing. Don't work. Well, I got news for you. Many mighty works did Jesus not do. Could do it, would have done it, but didn't do it. Why? Unbelief. Trust and obey or you'll rust and decay. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. See, some people want to fake it till they make it. No, you got to faith it till you make it. You don't fake it till you make it. Because if you fake it, you won't make it until you let him take it. That's free right there. Whoo, glory. I feel this. Mm. Jesus in Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost with power. He went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Now, let me hurry. So, it's a, grace is appropriated by faith and by obedience. So, I said all that, and I'm out of time. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. To get to these quick six things, it's going to have to take repentance. That's step number one, obedience. How many of you know if you're willing and obedient... Isaiah 1, you'll eat the good of the land. So it takes faith. See, Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So we move, amen, from a salvation scripture over into this baptism of the Holy Ghost, which is, by the way, subsequent, subsequent that's a hard word to get out, to you being born again. You must be born again in order to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I can't tell you how many people come up and say, I want to talk in tongues. Next thing I ask them, are you born again? Have you had a salvation experience? Have you been regenerated? Are you a brand new creation in Christ? Are you a disciple of Jesus? Are you a follower of Jesus? See, this day and this hour, there's so many false doctrines and ideologies and philosophies running around rampant in, in the body of Christ. I don't take nothing for granted these days because I've heard some stuff. I mean, there's some weird, cacked up, and the Bible warns us in the last days, he said, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But the Bible also said his emissaries, his his uh, little demon, his little imps, his little minions, amen, will transform, them, transform themselves as angels of light. They will rest the scriptures and twist the scriptures. You must be born again. You got to be regenerated. You got to be a disciple of Jesus in advance. And you've had to have went through a salvation experience. And in order to do that, you've had to have repented and confessed known sin. Acts 2.38, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you will receive the Holy Ghost. First things first, repent. 
Change the way you think. Most people that are struggling with receiving this gift has got a check, needs a checkup from the neck up. They got something that needs to be hung up right here. Amen. It's blocking them. You're making it a lot harder. To repent means to change the way one's thinking. Repentance is required for salvation, and it may be required in order for you to receive this gift is you need to change the way you think. Let's keep quoting some scriptures. Acts 3 verse 19, one of Pastor Kevin's favorite is repent and be converted and your sins will be blotted out for when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. I didn't stop there. Second Corinthians 7, 9, and 10 says godly sorrow, amen, will work repentance and God will add with it no regret, but worldly sorrow will bring death. There's a difference. Some people come up crying crocodile tears in the altar. They have worldly sorrow without godly sorrow. Paul, uh, let me tell you, let me show you. David had godly sorrow. Saul had worldly sorrow. David, when you compare what he did with what Saul did to get in trouble, there's no comparison. David was a murderer and a rapist. When the prophet came to him, though, told the parable about the sheep being killed and told him, you're the man that killed the sheep, talking about Uriah. And you know what David said? He hit his knees and said, God created me a clean heart. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I'll be as white as snow. Created me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Uphold me with thy free spirit. Then I'll teach transgressors your ways and sinners will be converted unto you. In other words, he wasn't worried about what the people thought about him. He was worried about what God, his relationship with God was. But Saul, on the other hand, same prophet, went to him, pointed out his stuff, and you know what he did? Oh, Lord, the people had no cognizant thought that maybe his relationship with God Almighty had been severed. And now he, he had no cognizant, cognitive wherewithal to even think about that. All he was worried about was looking right in front of the people. In other words, he wanted to wear a plastic Jesus face. He had worldly sorrow that led to him being killed on the battlefield by the Philistines. Judas, the same thing. Have people all the time, you think Judas could have been saved? Look at this preacher. Yes, he could have been. But you know why he wasn't saved? Because he kissed the door of heaven and went to hell. And the reason he wasn't saved is he tried to pay for his own sins with his own life. And if he'd have waited long enough... Jesus was getting ready to do something to help him pay for those sins he had. I'm telling you, God's mercy and his love is beyond even my ability to even describe it to you. I'm telling you, all he had to do, see, he tried, he killed himself trying to pay for it. See, there's only one death that matters. It's the death of Jesus Christ. And that's why we call this the gospel. And that's why this is good news because you can't earn it. You can't shake enough preacher's hands. You can't give enough. You can't go to enough conferences. I mean, you can't go to enough Brownsville revivals, Toronto revivals. You can't earn this. You receive it by grace through faith. And it's simple. I mean, you don't earn this. You receive this and you walk in obedience. I hope I'm helping somebody. Helping myself. Number two, another act of obedience is be baptized in water. You know, I do a class on everybody baptized here at the church. One pager. And people, it'll shock you, the confusion, confusion on baptism. Let me help some of you out. There's more than one baptism mentioned in the Bible. There's seven, actually. Matter of fact, when you got born again, you were baptized into Christ. You were baptized into Christ. The agent of that baptism was the Holy Ghost. You couldn't have come to Jesus unless the Holy Ghost drew you. No man comes to the Father unless the Spirit draw him. So the Holy Ghost had to draw you, convict you of your sin, amen, and transform you and bring you to Jesus through the door. And no man can come to the Father, and no man can come unless the Spirit draw. But you got to go through the doorway, which is Jesus, amen, in order to have a relationship with the Father. Somebody say amen. So when you got born again, you were baptized into Christ. That's baptism number one. Baptism number two, everybody's familiar with it? When you get baptized in water, by the way, it's subsequent to you being born again. I can't tell you how many people that think the act of being immersed in water causes them to be born again. No, you must be born again. That is a sign 
Come to my class, I'll teach it to you. That's a sign that you've been regenerated, you've been justified, you're a disciple of Jesus, you're telling the whole world, you're telling the church, I'm a disciple, I'm born again, I'm a brand new creation in Christ. Old things have now passed away, and behold, all things have become new. I'm not what I used to be, and I'm not what I'm going to be. I'm changed from the inside out. True salvation bring a change in your life. If you've never been changed, and there's no difference in your life from when the point where you said you made your uh, uh, profession of faith, and you really didn't get born again. Because you get regenerated, made into a brand new creation. So that's water baptizing. And water baptism, the agent of that baptism is the minister. Pastor Kevin or myself is the agent. The element you get baptized into is water. H2O. Two parts hydrogen, one part oxygen. Amen. The candidate for water baptism is somebody who's already born again. Number three, which is one we're on tonight, by the way. When you get baptized in the Holy Ghost and filled with the Spirit, don't segregate those. They're one and the same, okay? Here's the deal. The agent of that baptism is Jesus Christ. The element you get immersed into is Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. The candidate for Holy Spirit baptism is somebody who's already born again. The evidence that you've received that power is you'll speak with other tongues, you'll bear fruit, and you'll be a witness. You'll love people, and you'll be a witness. Three ways we know you're baptized in the Holy Ghost. Well, Brother Gary, what, I heard the devil talks in tongues. Well, let me tell you something. I used to hang out with the devil's crowd for a lot of years before my B.C. days, before Christ. And not once while I was hanging out in the bars, discotheques, honky-tonks, whatever you want to call it, the raves, did I ever hear the devil's crowd talking in tongues. So if, the, if, if it was of the devil, why wasn't the devil's crowd doing it? They're psychological tongues. Because if you hear me talking a spirit, praying the spirit long enough, you could mimic me. That's called psychological tongues. I've seen that before. Here's the problem. The Holy Ghost didn't tell you to say those words. I did. And a lot of, a lot of churches want to take the bypass. They want to get you in a room somewhere and have you repeat this. Shimmy on shy, pass him on by. Who took my bow tie? Who stole my Hyundai? You know why that's not the legitimate baptism of the Holy Ghost? Because the preacher gave you the words and not the Holy Ghost, which already is in you. Now, I hang around some crazy people, crazy preachers too. A friend of mine went to a church and a woman would fall out on the floor in the same spot every time he went. He was overseeing this. He was, you know, church. He was church of God, but he was overseeing these independent Pentecostal churches that had no leadership. He's trying to oversee them and help them. And a woman would fall out in the same spot and she'd say the same thing in tongues every time he come to preach. Same spot, same thing. She'd say, a Kennedy, I see a Kennedy, I see a Kennedy, I see. He got tired of it, leaned over one day in one of the services. services. He said, which Kennedy do you see, Robert, Ted, or Jack? <laughs> she opened her eyes, got up out of the altar, and went to the seat. Why? Psychological tongues. He said she wasn't demon-possessed. She was just sincere, but sincerely wrong. this all right? Am I helping anybody? So you don't train somebody to talk in tongues. They have to be willing to do it themselves. Amen. And it's an act of obedience. God sends the gifts, but you got to receive it. So number two is you need to, one act of obedience that you might be absent of is to be baptized in water. Jesus said, be baptized. So guess what? I need to be baptized. And don't get hung up on the formula. I've done had those conversations with about 10 people. Did you know Jesus said in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, this is Jesus talking. And if you got a King James English Bible, it's in red, which means it's the actual words he spoke. They're not paraphrased. He said this, go make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Teach them to observe all things I command. Listen, I'm not making this up. If Jesus said do it that way, guess what? I'm going to do it the way Jesus said do it. Am I helping anybody? Woo, glory. I feel this. Number three, some people need to just get a desire. But, you know, <laughs> pursuit is proof of passion. I can say out of my mouth, I want to play that instrument right there. And Sister Jojo, don't laugh at me. I could go find the best. We got some good ones around here, by the way, don't we? Don't we have some great musicians? I mean, we're four and five, six, ten deep. 
preachers, I talk to pastors all over the place. Well, my Lord, send us some of y'all's talent. I said, no, they like it here. They're used here too, by the way. They line them up 10 deep. You never know. But listen, if I want to play that right there, you know, I'll, I'll say it out of my mouth. I wish I could play that. But you know what JoJo's going to tell me? Uh, well, have you bought a book yet that teaches you? Well, no, I hadn't really. I hadn't had time to buy that, uh, Sister JoJo. And you know what? Well, uh, now, Brother Gary, have you got a teacher yet? Somebody to actually show you physically. Well, no. I wish I could play that, though. I wish I could play that organ, that piano, and that keyboard. Well, I wish I could do it. And then she's going to say, well, you say you wish you could do it. Uh, are you practicing? Well, well, no. I don't ever have time to practice, but I wish I could play that. And, and then she's going to say, well, uh, have you bought one of these? You know, if you're going to play one, you need to buy one. You need to be in a possession of one, okay? And no, I wish I could play it. You know, finally, she's going to tell me, Brother Gary, what you need is you need a backbone instead of a wishbone. I wish I could speak in tongues. I wish I could be filled with the Spirit. Well, pursuit is proof of passion. What you're passionate about is what you'll pursue. And the Bible says this, Blessed are they which hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they would not 10% chance, not 50% chance of rain, 100%, 100% chance of rain. You will be filled. Promise. John chapter 7, verse 37, 38. Let me hurry. Jesus stood in his 8, 16. So if you got kids and you need to pick those up back there, feel free to do it. And you can come back in here because we got to hurry through this. I want to get, get this altar revved up here and we're going to pray. Amen. Uh, here's the deal. John chapter 7, verse 37, 38. Jesus could, stood on that great day of the feast and cried. And he said, if any man thirst... Let him come unto me and drink. As the scripture says, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. This he spake of his spirit that they that should believe on him should receive. You believe on him? Well, you should receive. Don't make this harder than it needs to be. So do you really have a desire? We have a country hillbilly saying, you can take a horse to the water, but you can't make him drink. See, we... Pastor Kevin preaches, Sister Devin, I mean, they're the best preachers on the planet. And there's water flowing in this altar. We can lead you down here, but at some point, you're going to have to take your head and dip in there and get yourself a big drink. But I kind of got a suspicion. See, I love pecan pie, but if I eat chicken and steak and potatoes and fill my stomach up with bread prior to you presenting me with a whole pecan pie, as bad as I want it, as bad as I love it, guess what? I won't have an appetite for it. So if you filled yourself with the appetite from the world, you might not, you might say you want this, but do you have room for it number four I gotta hurry some people don't receive it because they don't ask I can't tell you how many people I've prayed for over the years to be baptized in the Holy Ghost they'll come down the altar and they're not there's nothing coming out of their mouth there's no asking going on I guess they think mental ascent it's important what you do with your mouth you can't get saved unless you do something with your mouth out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speak. I'm not making this up. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. God's a speaking God, and if you're a part of his kingdom, you're a speaker. <laughs> oh, Lord, help me, Jesus, explain some of this stuff. Oh, and nobody's willing to ask. How many of you know the scripture that in James chapter 1, you have not because you? Y'all know it. Bible says in Luke chapter 11, 9 through 13, ask and you shall receive. Seek, and you'll find. Knock, and it will be opened unto you. If a father has a son, his son asks him for a loaf of bread, he not for that loaf of bread is going to give him a stone. Or if he asks for a fish, he for that fish is not going to give him a serpent. Or if he asks for an egg, he for that egg is not going to give him a scorpion. Well, if we being evil know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the gift of the Holy Ghost to who? Those that ask. Another country saying for you, hillbilly saying, Squeaky wheel gets the grease. Are you squeaking enough to get the grease? Well, if God wanted me to have it, not only does he want you to have it, it's sitting right here waiting for you to pick it up. We, all, we always play in our God card, and if the God card don't work, we play the devil card.
I want to help some people. That's why I get stirred up about this stuff. I'm, t I'm tired of getting the calls where the devil's kicking people's teeth in. I'm not mad at nobody but the devil and every demon and every imp that's lied to the body of Christ and told you you can't have this. I'm telling you right now, not only can you have it, you can get a double dose of it. If you'll get under the spout where the glory's being poured out, he'll keep on pouring it out on you. He never stops. We sang it tonight. God's nevertheless, he's always the more. I'll prove it to you. I'll back everything up with these scriptures. Ephesians 5, 18, 19, don't be drunk. It got quiet. All the air went out of the room. Oh, Lord, help me be nice right now. Don't be drunk with wine that leads to debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual psalms, singing and making melody in your heart unto the Lord. In the Greek, that's present tense, and it's an imperative. I don't want to get technical with you, but I've had Greek, okay, so I know what I'm talking about on this one. It means be being filled. Present tense. Well, I spoke in tongues at the Y Mama camp meeting in 1948. Honey, and you're not talked in tongues since? You need to be refilled. There's one baptism, but many feelings. <laughs> oh, glory to God. You must be filled with the Spirit. Amen. And, and that is an ongoing thing. Jude 1 and 20, but you, beloved, building up yourself in your most holy faith as you pray in the Holy Ghost. He that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not to men, but unto God. Howbeit in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. In other words, one of the reasons I pray, pray in the Holy Ghost is to build myself up like I go down here to the gym and work out physically to increase my physical stamina. I pray in the Holy Ghost because I got a devil to take on. I got the world I got to fight, and I got to take control of my own flesh and bring it to the cross and let it be crucified. And I need a baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Here's the deal. Well, didn't I? I get the Holy Ghost when I got saved? Yes. See, here's the thing. You got Jesus, but now when you get baptized in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost gets you. Every part of you. So you got to ask, then you got to receive. How many of you know a good quarterback can't be successful unless he has a good receiver? <laughs> Jesus is the great quarterback. He got you past the tackle of temptation, the free safety of fornication, the linebacker of lasciviousness, and on and on I could go. Amen. And he scored the greatest touchdown of all time and eternity. He's transmitting, but are you receiving? He's giving it out, but are you ready to receive it? Amen. Are you a good receiver? Amen. A lot of people struggle with receiving love. That's why they can't give love. They've never received love. We love God because he first loves us. He makes the first step, but you got to be open to it. you got to be a receiver of it. That's what John chapter 7, 38, 39, you got to drink. Amen. And then the sixth and final thing is you got to yield. Don't bow up on him. Rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft. Submission and humility goes a long way in the kingdom of God. As a matter of fact, one of the reasons that people don't have revival, and I love preaching on revival, is because God is resisting the proud. What? I thought the devil was keeping the church. No, God resists the proud. He stiff arms the proud. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and he'll exalt you in due time. Submit yourself one to another in the fear of the Lord. I could go on and on and on how humility and submission as a, is, is at an all-time low and it needs to be at an all-time high because I must decrease so that he may increase. Amen. And honoring one another is important, my friend. And submitting yourself one to another. See, I submit myself to you. It's mutual submission. And you submit yourself to me and we'll walk in unity. I'm not over you. I'm trying to be a servant, and there's nothing lower than a servant. Let the greatest among you be servants of them all. So you got to yield. Romans 6, verse 13, yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness. You got to yield. Run right through it real quick. Repent, it's an obedient step. Be baptized in water, that's an obedient step. Have a desire, that's an obedient step. Ask, that's an obedient step. Receive, that's obedience. Yield. So stand on your feet. I'm going to help some people.
What's getting ready to happen to some of you is you're going to come down here and you're seeking the third person of the Trinity. You're not seeking a vapor, an energy force field. He's a person. He's not an it. Matter of fact, we probably ought to put the definite article away. We, we don't say the Jesus or the God, but we say the Holy Ghost. And technically, we ought to say Holy Ghost. Then the tongues are secondary. You're, you're, you're receiving a gift of power. It's just so happened the sign you need to confirm you've received power is you'll speak with other tongues. Well, Brother Gary, tongues is weird. Well, talk to Abraham when God showed up and said, Abraham, I'm going to give you a sign. I've got a covenant with you. Okay, God, what's that sign? Well, you got to cut the foreskin off your kids. What? See, in our modern age, that's nothing. We don't even blink an eye about circumcision. And you're not even Jewish. It's funky what we get hung up on. To Abraham, that was probably the most barbaric thing God could have chosen to be a sign that he had a covenant with him and was going to make his, his legacy be like the sands of the sea. And guess what we've been grafted into? We got Abraham. We get, we get the blessings of Abraham too. But yet, when you start this tongue-talking stuff, people get weirded out. And if I told you I had a $1,500 scholarship for you to go up here to Lee University or University of Tennessee and take a class on, in French on how to speak French, why, you'd bum rush me up here to get that $1,500. And you're going to go and sit in a classroom. I've had all kinds of languages. My wife, I mean, she's a language guru. She's had Latin and Hebrew and, and she's had hieroglyphics. But they... They're going to teach you a vocabulary. It's the first thing you're going to learn. The words that are in that language. Then you're going to learn some verbs. And you're going to put this stuff together. And on and on and on. Well, guess where that professor got his knowledge of that language from another professor. Where did that professor get his knowledge from? Another professor. Where did that one get his from? Another. Keep going. Now you're in the 1800s. Keep going back. Now you're in the 1700s. Now you're in the 16s and the 15s. Keep going back. Come on. And eventually you arrive at God. Has it ever occurred to everybody in here that the God that created 6,000 languages spoken, linguists say there's about 6,000 on, on the earth right now. Some are no longer spoken because the people died off that spoke that language. The God that created 6,000, has it ever occurred to you he could do another one? 6,001, 6,002, 6,003. And you don't blink an eye and you learn a vocabulary that came from God who was the originator of all languages. But tell somebody to come up here and receive power because you need it. When you go out that door, you need it at Walmart. You need it down at your job you're working because you work for a demon-possessed boss and you need it. You need the gifts. Of the, you need love. Love your enemies. Do good to those that despitefully use you. Cast your name out as evil. If they slap you in the face, turn the other cheek. We don't like those scriptures. How do you do that? With the power of the Holy Ghost. It's the only way you're going to do it. But you tell somebody you're going to come up here and you're going to hear words welling up in you that are given to you by the Spirit of God that's already in you. And it freaks people out. I'm not, I've yet to understand this. And all you have to do is say what he's given you to say. If he don't say nothing, don't say nothing. Let me show you how easy this is. Somebody say John 3.16. Somebody say glory to God. Somebody say whoop glory. Somebody say turn to your neighbor. I hate that one. Sorry. I'm over it. I'm too old, I guess, and now I'm getting real prickly. I'm cute, I'm, but I'm like a porcupine. You might try to t pet me, but you get some quills, amen. 
hedgehog. <laughs> I'm doing this. I'm motivated by love, by the way. I love people. I really do. I want you to receive this so bad. And sometimes I feel like I want people to receive it more than they want it. What's going to happen? You're going to come up here and you're going to say, Holy Spirit, send that gift. Jesus, send me the gift. And let me be filled, overflowing with power. And when that happens, you're going to hear words. Now, when I was teaching my kids, they didn't start off speaking paragraphs. What did they do? Dad, 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 dad. Ma, ma, ma. It cracks me up. Amanda Warbay and Jonathan, they're competing. <laughs> Little Mateo's cute as a button, but I've heard him say, dad, 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 run around saying dad. Well, how do you learn that? Because Jonathan sat there and gave him the words. Your heavenly father loves you. And some of you waiting to speak fluent, whatever, Swahili, whatever he gives you. <laughs> and it might be just a few words, but you have to obey God. And before long, if you'll do it and block out everybody. I know what, it, you know, you'll have some person in your ear saying, hold on. You got another one in your ear saying, let go. We help people, but sometimes I think we get in the way, don't you? But I'm not going to give you the words to say, and these prayer partners up here uh, that's going to pray for you, we're not going to give you the words to say. We're not going to let you do the psychological tongues thing. But the Holy Ghost, if He gives you words, just let it roll. Every good gift is from from the Father of light, there's no variableness, there's no shadow of turning. You need this. Let me tell you why. God's got a mission for everybody in here. God's got a plan, God's got a purpose. And He wants to give you some super for your natural. Jesus is your source. Jesus is your salvation. Jesus is your substance. Jesus is your sustenance. Jesus is your sanctification. Jesus is your spirit baptizer. Jesus is your soon coming king. Everybody getting this? Super means above natural. You aren't born with this. You have to receive this. As a matter of fact, some of you got gift calling and talent in you that were, that's through your birth. It's in you. But how many of you know you receive this? He can enhance that and enable that. And I'm telling you, you'll do great exploits. But I can give you this shirt. Seems like every conference we have, we got a new shirt for you. Volunteer shirt. And I've even had people, where's my shirt? Wild ones, they were asking me, where's our shirts? Well, we're trying to save a little money around here. We've got 10,000 shirts and you don't wear them. I'm just kidding you. But tonight, God's got a garment of power. Power of reflection. Enable you to reflect the image, the character, and nature of Jesus Christ. Power of re resiliency. What's that? When you go through a test, trial, and tribulation, you'll take a licking, but you'll keep on ticking. That's what he wants to do. Give you the power of resiliency. And God's got some resources for you. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits, gift of faith, gift of healings, gift of working of miracles. Oh, oh I'm, I could go on and on and on. Are you ready to receive that? You need this. You need these gifts. And the Bible says, covet earnestly the best gifts. My Bible said, desire spiritual gifts and the Bible said pursue love while you're at it what do you do when you when somebody brings you I, I've been talking in tongues lately I mean I, I'm scaring some people I was down in Uruguay with Pastor Danielle and Marcelo and if you go down there you better get ready you, you're, gonna, you're, gonna, you're gonna come across some demon possessed people so I'm up and I'm preaching in a park skate park and I mean, ooh, sometimes you can feel the power of God working in a crowd. People were crying. And I'm up preaching Jesus, large and in charge. I told them you can't live without him. And, you, you, you know, you, he's large and in charge. You can't outlive him and you can't live without him. You better come and join him. Life is short. Death is sure. Sin is the cause. Christ is the cure. I'm preaching this big and hard and heavy, sweating. 
and they're starting to cry. And about the time I gave the altar call, this didn't happen until I gave people opportunity to receive Christ. Hint, hint. And I'm telling you, I hear the most God-awful scream. I look over, there's a skate park right over to the right of me. Here come a girl, a petite girl too, come up to me and got up in my face, screaming bloody murder. I don't know what she's saying. She don't speak any English, speaking Spanish. And I, my, I, my, my interpreter over here, I said, what, what's she saying? She, she said, she's saying, stop brainwashing these people. She's up in my face and she reaches to grab my microphone. I went. Holy Ghost said, whatever you do, don't touch her. We're big to lay hands on people. The Holy Ghost told me don't touch her. She's right here. All I had to do is go dink. But the Holy Ghost told me don't touch her. But Lord, you said lay hands on No, don't touch her. I mean, she's cussing, and I don't have to have a translator know what the cuss words in Spanish are. Amen. Don't have to have an interpreter. And the Holy Ghost spoke again, and you know what he told me? He said, tell her I love her. And he said, when you tell her, don't tell her with your attitude. God loves you. He said, I want it syrupy sweet. I want you to be kind, long-suffering, and patient with this one because I died on the cross and bled out for her. Oh, but I'm God's mighty man of faith and power. I'll lay hands on her. I'll cast devils out of her. No, no, you won't. You're going to tell her you love her. Okay, Holy Ghost. And he said, the next thing you're going to tell her is you love her. Okay, Jesus. Got my attitude right? Because I'll be honest with you, I have to get up every morning like you do. I'm not some super saint. I'm no more saved than you, by the way. And my first inclination was uh, I felt a huckleberry stand up on the back of my neck. Because I'm a fighter, okay? But you don't supposed to hit a woman. That's what my mama told me. I never hit a woman, okay? So I wasn't going to do that, but I was going to be Holy Ghost aggressive until the Holy Ghost rebuked me. It's going to go in the strong arm of the flesh. And sure enough, here's what happened. I looked her in the eye, and by now i got tears flowing. See, I saw beyond that demon that had her possessed. I saw a lost, hurting little girl. With tears in my eyes, I said, God loves you. And then she translated, tell you I said, I love you. And I'm telling you, I don't know if you've seen the Wizard of Oz. You know when the witch melted away? That's the way this was. She, went, she was staring me in the eye until I told her God loved her and I loved her. She couldn't look at me. That devil. He said, tell her again. And so she was like shrinking back away from me. And I walked up and said, God loves you. She translated. I said, I love you. God loves you. I love you. God loves you. And she ran from me. She had two other friends. One of them ran down, unplugged the power cord. The other one was down there biting on the power cord with her teeth. What I didn't know, the Holy Ghost was protecting me and loving on her. They had just passed a law in Uruguay because they've got so much male-female abuse. Males abuse women in Uruguay like crazy. Physically, sexually, I mean, they treat them like they're a piece of junk. So they had to pass a law, and the law they passed was like overkill. Basically, you're guilty until proven innocent, even if you just do this right here. That's why the Holy Ghost said, whatever you do, don't touch her and don't do the Pentecostal thing. Don't put your hands on her. How many of you know the Bible says lay hands suddenly on no man? See, everybody want to run down here. We don't know who you are, and you want to lay hands on everybody? Well, you, we, we don't know who you are. 
Give us time to get to know you. We got to be wise as serpent, harmless. If you don't think a devil will send somebody in here and try to mess all this up, like he sent them to mess up. But you know what? God had his way. I stood up and, and, then, and then I was like, where's the guys at? Because they had boyfriends up here. And one of them held a skateboard up with an upside down cross. You know what I said to him? I said, hey, devil, is that all you got today? Is a skateboard with an upside down cross? Is that all you got today? And I'm telling you, we had a breakthrough gave an altar call and I mean they come streaming to get saved crying and weeping because let me tell you why the power of God amen because when you tell somebody that's up in your face you love them I mean they can't deny there is a God in heaven see your way they got a line in their constitution that says we don't believe in God now wait a minute you agnostic you atheist why if you're agnostic and atheist by the purest of definition why would you have to put a line in your constitution to deny God you don't believe exists oh you're a liar you know he exists there's you some apologetics for you well I said all that to say you need this power, friend. Because of what's happening in our nation, we've got revival breaking out. And I mean the devil, oh, he's going to, he's coming. And we got to be ready. And you got to be filled with power. Amen. Well, I, you, know, uh, you know, you know, you get a double dose. I mean, I need more. I need more. And I'm, I need more. So I want y'all to, whatever you got, start playing. I want y'all to come down here. I know it's 841. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to uh, preach the everlasting gospel and that kind of thing. But I would advise you to get, get what you need today. Get this power. Amen. Because you've got a mission. God's going to give some of you a mission, and you need to be equipped to go do it. Amen? And, well, you know, I spoke in tongues last week. We used to, you need to be in this altar. And I'm telling you right now, you need to pray in the Holy Ghost. And when you don't know how to pray, the Holy Ghost will help you pray. Romans 8, verse 26, likewise, the Spirit helps your infirmities. For when you don't know how to pray as you ought to pray, the Holy Ghost will pray through you with groanings which cannot be uttered. He that searches the heart knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he who, Holy Ghost, maketh intercession for who? You. The saints, what? According to the will of God. When you pray in the Holy Ghost, you pray a prayer according to the will of God. And if you pray a prayer according to the will of God, that prayer will always be answered 100% of the time. I don't know about you, but there's things in my life even now I don't know how to pray for them, but I'm going to pray in the Holy Ghost tonight. And I know once I pray in the Holy Ghost, that'll be a prayer that gets answered because that prayer will be according to the will of God. The will of God's the Word of God. And I'm telling you, there's a way to have more prayers answered if you'll begin to pray in the Spirit when you don't know how to pray. Come on up here as they start playing you. You need to be filled with the Spirit. And if God's given you a mission, you need equipped and you need these spiritual gifts. You need a double dose of the Holy Ghost. We got a little bit of time. It's don't have to take long. And if you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost, you've never spoke with other tongues, God's going to deposit that power in you today. Today is the day of your gift being opened. Come and open that gift. God's going to put you on like a glove. Hallelujah. Come on in Jesus' name. If you got to go, we completely understand. No condemnation at all. Don't worry about it. I, I get it. It's, it's you know, we got to work. We got to do all this. But let's meet with God for just a moment here. Let's just meet with Him and see what He has. He's got a lot for you. He's got exceedingly and abundantly and above all you could even ask or think. That's what he has for you. Come on, let's dive into this. Let's get into this in Jesus' name.